Are you in search of a closer relationship with Jesus Christ and a better understanding of the basic truths of Christian faith? If so, please join us for Simple Secrets of the Kingdom, a series of Bible studies developed by Reverend James Otterness and taught by Skip Hedgepeth, board member of Good News Ministries and Bible teacher at Christ Church in Midland, Texas. Hi, I'm Skip Hedgepeth and welcome to Simple Secrets of the Kingdom. This is a series of 26 Bible studies on the basic elements of the Christian faith. This the, a good fundamentals Bible study, and uh, I'm glad that you've joined us today to watch. And over the last eight weeks, or seven weeks, this is the eighth in the series, and over the last seven weeks, we've really covered a lot of ground. And, and so for those of you who might be joining us uh, in the middle of this series, I want to take a, uh, just a few minutes and do a quick review over what we've looked at before and what we studied in God's Word before. And our first study was on the heart of our faith, and we looked at four things that were the most important elements of the Christian faith. And those four things were that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and that Christ also appeared. And we, we, uh, uh, we talked about these four things and the benefit that each one of them means for us in our life, uh, that our sins are forgiven, that, uh, that the cemetery is not the final resting place for us who believe in Jesus because Christ was buried and he overcame the grave, which means that we too will be raised up on the last day and we will uh, be raised to, with a new body to live with him in the new heavens and new earth forever. And, and then finally, he appeared to the disciples and to 500 others. And, uh, and so we learned from this that, um, that faith always comes with evidence. Faith comes with evidence. So God doesn't just call us to believe something that has no proof, but, but faith comes with evidence so that we see the proof of Christ, uh, of his existence, of his being alive every day in his creation and through the things that he does for others and for the things that he does for us. And so uh, the good news about these four things uh, all taken together is that uh, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is grounded and centered in what he has done for us. It's, it's not grounded in what you must do in order for God to love you because that would be bad news. The good news, on the other hand, is that Jesus loves you. He died for you and he uh, forgives your sins and that he, through faith in him, he overcomes death for you. So the good news is all centered in what he has done. And uh, this is unlike any other world religion Christianity is, which is all about what people, those religions are about what people must do to, to climb a ladder up to where God is in their lives through their good works and their good behavior on earth. Our faith, Christianity, is more based on what he has done for us. And that's good news. We learned after that in Genesis chapter 1 about the, the good news of creation and how God, uh, God uh, uh, teaches us in two basic ways. One is through revelation and one is through discovery. And we learned through the revel revelation, uh, through what was revealed to Moses in the book of, of Genesis, that God created by saying, let there be light. And then out of the light came a firmament came mass. And then later on, uh, Einstein discovered through his theory of relativity that creation started with a big bang. 
And out of that big bang of light and energy came mass. And, uh, and so what was revealed to Moses and what was discovered by Einstein were really the same. There's not a big conflict or a conflict at all between science and the biblical accounts. So there's consistency in the scripture has proven true uh, over thousands and thousands of years, which means it, is it can be proven and trusted uh, in your life today that what God says to you through the scripture is truth and it's real and you can trust it in your life today. And then we learned after the event of creation through the let there be light, there came this process. And, uh, and we learn about the days of creation and how God created plant life, sea life, bird life, animal life, and then human life. And uh, this was revealed to Moses. And then later on uh, in the 1800s, uh, Charles Darwin discovered that, uh, that creation uh, happened in the same order as the biblical account. And all of this was held up scientifically in the fossil records. So that if you dig a hole down in the earth's core, at the very deepest part, uh, when you see the first evidence of life, that'll be plant life. And then the next series of fossils will be sea life and bird life and animal life and then finally human life. And so again, science and the Bible are, are, are compatible with one another. And then... Uh, after that, we learned after God's beautiful, perfect creation and he created humans, we also saw that uh, uh, God's perfect creation didn't stay perfect because Adam and Eve listened to the serpent in the garden and uh, after they listened to the serpent instead of trusting God, sin came into the world and at that point, uh, all kinds of trouble broke loose and uh, they believed the liar, the, uh, that Satan is the liar and the father of lies. They believed him, and they didn't trust God. They, they received the knowledge of good and evil, which evil didn't even exist before Adam and Eve uh, sinned in the garden for that first time. But after they did, then they had to deal with the consequences of that sin, and it was uh, guilt and fear and anxiety. Remember how they, uh, they hid from God? That thinking that because they were ashamed that they were naked. And then they blamed one another for the sin. Adam blamed the woman, and the woman blamed uh, the man and the devil. And then ultimately, uh, through, uh, uh, they ultimately kind of through, the, through their inference, they blamed God. Adam said, the woman you gave me, God, uh, made me do this. And so uh, uh, then... After that, in the last couple of weeks, we've learned about God's solution for the problem that happened in the Garden of Eden. And God's solution comes through His Son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And we learn that the Son of God is the message of God uh, for His people so we learn in John chapter 1, in the beginning God created, uh, it, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word, which is God's message for us, became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And then we learn how the law came through Moses, 
but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law which says you must do these things uh, and grace which says God loves you even though you're yet a sinner, he loves you. And he doesn't require us to be perfect, but he calls us to believe in Jesus and be forgiven. And that forgiveness allows us to live uh, as forgiven people in reality in this world, uh, in a broken world held together by the grace of God, uh, held together until he comes to restore all things to new. Uh, Jesus is God's message of grace and reality for us. And so today, we're also going to look more about what Jesus does for us and what faith in him means for you and for me. In Romans chapter 5, we're going to study about Jesus, the second perfect man. And uh, before we do, and before we get into the word today, as always, let's go to the Lord and ask him, ask his blessing over our study. Father God, thank you so much for the power of your word. Thank you for the way you love us and, and forgive us. Thank you most of all for the way you provided a way out from our sinful world through faith in Jesus. Bless us today as we study your word and guide us into the truth, please, because we know that your word is truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to look at uh, Jesus, the second perfect man. Adam was the first perfect man, remember, but he didn't stay perfect. Then God, in order to give us a solution to the problem, sent his second perfect man, and that's Jesus. So let's learn about what Romans chapter 5 tells us about Jesus. We're going to start in Romans 5, uh, verses 1 through 5. And Paul starts out saying, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. And so he starts out with the therefore, and the therefore points to a, an amazing uh, power-packed sentence that says this, therefore being justified by faith, uh, since we are justified by faith. And uh, what this just, justified is one of those words that Christians throw around a lot that sometimes the meaning kind of gets lost in, in the conversation. But it is a word that will truly change your life if you have been justified through faith in Jesus. And it's kind of a legal term, in a sense, justification. And what it means is that uh, because of sin, because you were born into this sinful humanity because of Adam and Eve, you become a part of this sinful humanity, even at your birth. And so sin then separates you from God. But God loved you so much, he sent Jesus, and Jesus died to pay uh, God, your sin debt to God because we learn in the scripture that the wages of sin is death. And so we have a sin debt that we owe to God uh, because, of, because of our sinfulness. And 
What God did was, through his love, he sent Jesus, the second perfect man down, to live a perfect life and to die to pay the debt that you owe to God for your sin. And because of that, through faith in Jesus, even though you're still a sinner in your actions, through faith in Jesus, God declares you to be right with him. And that act of that declaration of forgiveness to you is called justification. And so because through faith in Jesus, today if you're a believer in Jesus, you're justified before God, which means you're all right with God. And because of that, you can rejoice in your hope, Paul tells us in Romans 5. Uh, and the hope is that uh, now you know, because you're justified, that you won't be called to give an account for your sin on Judgment Day. You can live in hope of the coming life with God because you're justified through faith. And you can rejoice in your hope. And we also, this strange phenomenon for Christians is that we can rejoice even in our suffering because we know that even though we suffer in this world, we know that we don't suffer as those who have no hope because even in the midst of our suffering, Jesus is with us and he loves us and he cares about us to see us through that suffering. And Paul tells us here that, that our suffering in Christ produces endurance in our life. It gives us the endurance to carry on. It, suffering strengthens us in that way through faith because suffering also draws us nearer to God. It makes us aware that we're not, uh, that, that we're not uh, infallible on our own. It, it, makes, it reminds us that uh, things are broken in this life things even in us. And so because of those things, it shows us that we need God in our life. And I, uh, I know that I never feel closer to God than in those times when I'm hurting in some way and calling out to him for help. And so, and when, so suffering produces endurance, and then it also produces character or convictions in us. Because when I've suffered and I've, Jesus has seen me through that suffering, it makes my faith stronger because I know that no matter what comes, he's going to be with me and he's going to strengthen me and that he's reliable because as he was with me in a hard time before, he's going to be with me in anything that comes up in the future. And because of this, I can live with hope, knowing that uh, I don't have to walk around every day afraid of the next problem that's going to come along because I know that whatever comes along, Jesus will see me through and strengthen me. And so I don't just have to quit when suffering comes along and lose uh, my convictions and, and uh, live in despair because by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus has gone through all kinds of suffering himself and overcome. And because he's with me, he will do the same thing for me and for you. And so let's get the next part. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. Starting in Romans 5, verse 12. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all men sinned, Sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. 
Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift in the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And so let's look at that. And you're going to see a series of little diagrams on your TV screen. And, and I want to explain those to you because this section of the scripture talks about what I call the great exchange. Actually, it's not just me. Martin Luther is the one who came up with that, that terminology originally, which the great exchange simply means this. Uh, Adam sinned, and as a result, we are all born into sin. But God loved us so much that he sent Jesus. And Jesus takes our sin upon himself. He takes the, the punishment for our sin. So he takes what we deserve from God. And in exchange for that, through faith in him, God gives us what Jesus deserved. So we get what Jesus deserved, which is uh, a perfect relationship with God through faith in him. And in, because we get that because Jesus got what we deserved, which was death in punishment for our sin. That's how much God loves you, that he sent his only son to pay your sin debt. So let's look at this now and talk about this great exchange. Uh, Paul says here in Romans 12 through 15, he says, uh, through one man uh, came sin, and through that one man came death for all. And so that's what I was just talking about. Through one man, Adam, sin came, and as a result, death came because the wages of sin is death. And so sin, the scripture tells us, existed apart from the law. So uh, Adam and Eve sinned a long time before God gave the law on Mount Sinai. And so uh, as a result of that, death also came uh, after that, before the law. Death came before the law. And because, uh, because the sin came because Adam and Eve did what God said not to. And even though that came before the giving of the law, they still sinned against God's word. And, um, and as a result, the punishment had to come. And so the next part says, uh, through one man's sin, many died. And so that one man again is Adam. And so all of us now experience death because of that sin in the garden, because before Adam and Eve sinned, uh, there was no death. God, death was not part of the plan of God's creation until that sin came along. But then, if that happened, if death came to all people through one man, how much more will life come to us through that one perfect man, the Son of God, who gives us the free gift of grace through faith in Him. So through what Jesus did, many live. And so through what Adam did, many died. And so Jesus is the answer to the death that comes to all of us through faith in Jesus. And that, that gift is called God's grace. And so let's get the next part, Romans 5, 16 and 17, where Paul writes, and the free gift is not like the effect of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If because of one man's trespass, 
death reign through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of, the right, of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And so let's look again at the diagrams and we'll see, he says, through one man's sin came judgment. And so the judgment is, again, it's like a legal term. Uh, we, uh, through one man's sin, Adam sinned and God judged that sin in Adam. And as a result of God's judgment of a guilty verdict of sin, condemnation came. And it didn't come just to Adam, it came to all people. And so, if, if judgment and condemnation came through the one man, how much more, uh, Paul tells us, uh, will many sins be forgiven through the free gift of grace in the justification that comes through faith in Jesus? And so, through that justification, again, through faith in Jesus, God says that you are right with him today. You are justified because of what Jesus did. And then he goes on to say, through one man's sin, death reigned. And so, uh, before God's answer that came through Jesus, uh, then death reigned in this world. There wasn't an answer except through God's provision, which was to come through faith in Jesus. And so, through one man's sin, death reigned. Then, to those who receive the free gift of grace, life reigns for you. So that today, through faith in Jesus, you don't have to be afraid of death. Because, because by Jesus' work on the cross uh, today, and your faith in Him, Jesus pronounces to you that you will never die. You see, your body may wear out and die, but who you are, which is in your spirit, will live forever and ever. And because of that, we don't have to walk around in fear of death because we know that through faith there is hope for us in Christ. And so you see in the ancient church and even in the church today, I know many of you have heard these amazing stories of people who had, who had to literally stand up for the name of Jesus in the face of death. We saw that back in ancient Rome where people were put to death in many horrible ways because they wouldn't renounce their faith. And most recently, I remember hearing the story about Cassie Bernal in Columbine High School, who when the, when the shooters came into the school that day, they approached Cassie and said, are you one of those Christians? And she said, yes. Even though she knew what would, what would happen to her, she stood up in the name of Jesus because she knew that through faith in Him, whatever happened to her in this body would not have consequences on into life everlasting because she would live forever. And so thank God for those who have the faith to stand on their convictions, stand on their faith even in the face of death. And thank God for all of you who day by day make a stand uh, on life in Christ to live for Him day by day. And He will give you the power to do that if you call on Him. And so, let's get a little bit more. We're going to go to Romans chapter 5, 18 through 21. And, um, and I'll read, starting verse 18. Then as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all men, 
so one man's act of righteousness leads to acquittal and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Law came in to increase the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also may reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, one man's act of sin brought condemnation for all men. And, you know, you can think about this in, in that, that old saying I used to hear my parents say, one bad apple spoils the whole barrel. Well, that was the same way for God's creation. Uh, through one man's act of sin, condemnation came for all people. But one man's act of righteousness, Jesus' sinless life and his death on the cross led to acquittal, Paul says in, in Romans 5, and life for all people. Acquittal, again, is a, is a legal term. And so think about it as a trial. Uh, you stand condemned because of your sin. But through faith in Jesus, uh, God says that you are acqu acquitted today so that Jesus paid the debt for your sin. And because of that, when you believe in him, you, on judgment day, don't have to stand in punishment for your sin. God says, you're acquitted. And that's the good news for all of us today, that on judgment day through faith in Jesus, uh, we pass over uh, the condemnation for our sin. And then he goes on to say, through one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, and through one man's obedience, many were made righteous. And righteous is another one of these words that Christians use a lot that sometimes can kind of lose, its trans, lose the meaning in its translation. But righteous just means very simply that you, through faith, are made all right with God. Uh, all right. You're righteous because of Jesus. Not because of your own life, because we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. But Jesus makes us all right through faith. And so, if you believe today, God declares you all right. You're righteous in Him. The law came, Paul goes on to say, to increase the sin. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. And so what the law does, what he means by this, is that because of the law, sin becomes visible to us. So the law is kind of like a mirror. It shows us our behavior. It shows us where we fall short of what God wants us to do. But where the law causes sin to become more visible, grace causes the love of God to become more visible to us. And grace, uh, God's perfect love for imperfect people, wipes out our sin and wipes out the condemnation for our sin. And so... Grace abounds for you this day. You may be thinking that, okay, I know that that's true for, true for some people, but, you know, my sin is so big that I can't imagine God ever wanting to forgive me. Well, I want you to know today that uh, no matter how dark your sin is, it could be the worst sin you could ever imagine. Uh, no sin is bigger than God's grace and God's desire to forgive you. If you will just simply turn to Him, ask 
for his forgiveness. Ask Jesus to come into your heart today and to be your Savior. Then all of these wonderful gifts that the Word of God has been revealing to us today become real in your life. You see, it's not just enough to believe that Jesus is the Savior. What makes these gifts become real for you in your life is when you pray and ask Jesus to become your Savior, to forgive you of your sins, and to come into you and make you right with God. And that's what He does for you. He does all of this and even more through faith in Jesus Christ. And so, as sin ruled in death, grace reigns to eternal life. The love of God for you reigns in your heart today when you believe in Him. And as I said, all of this amazing grace, God's perfect love for imperfect people, is yours through faith in Jesus. And there's so much more. As though that weren't enough, God even promises even more for you. And uh, we're going to learn in the next study about what some of that more, even more, is for you when you believe in Jesus. God's promises for you are so amazing. And so tune in to the next time on Simple Secrets of the Kingdom. And we'll, through the Scripture, reveal even more of what God promises to all who believe in Him. Thank you. If you have a prayer request or questions about any of the material covered in today's lesson or would like to support the program with a contribution, contact us by email at simplesecrets at goodnewsministries.org or by mail at P.O. Box 3315, Midland, Texas 79702. Until next time, thank you for sharing the simple secrets of the kingdom.